feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. To me, absolutely stunning. Here is the President of the United States, and he's supposed to be the uniter-in-chief. Remember, he ran as the guy who was going to bring all the sides together. And he even at one point in his primetime address just a little bit ago, basically said, I'm the president for all Americans, after he bashed the people that voted for President Trump. And to me, there was something that was so unbelievably unseemly about it all. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight on the Rita Cosby show. What did you think of President Biden's address? And was it all about politics with the midterms right around the corner? The number is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, also later on, In the show, we're also going to talk about the Trump hearing today that took place on the special master case. What is the latest on that? There's a lot of developments. And we also have a bombshell exclusive report from John Solomon of Just the News. He's going to join us in about an hour. And he has some big bombshell reporting that could actually impact all of the subpoenas related to January 6th. Remember, by the Democratic-led January 6th committee and the pseudo-Democrats, and I'm talking about Liz Cheney and all these others, and they may all be moot, those subpoenas, because, boy, would that be stunning and that would be striking, and that could have an enormous, enormous impact on the January 6th investigation. So we're going to talk about that also in the show. We have a blockbuster two hours today, and everybody, I'm glad that you're with us here on the Rita Cosby Show. First and foremost, I could not believe that President Biden just was so unbelievably divisive in his rhetoric. I couldn't believe that he used a primetime address to, quote, talk about the soul of a nation and to talk at one moment about unity and then on the other side of his mouth basically slam every single Trump supporter saying that basically, if you're a MAGA, you're like the worst of the worst of the worst. But if you're not MAGA, then you're welcome to be part of Joe Biden's America. To me, it was so offensive. It was so unbelievably destructive. I also thought it was just incredibly divisive. And especially for a president who in 2020, you know, even on the campaign trail, He continuously said, I am going to be the uniter in chief. I'm going to be the guy who's going to bring everybody together. I'm not going to be one of those people doing petty barbs and swipes and snide comments. And remember, he was trashing then President Trump's tweets and said he would never, never take any swipes like that. Well, what he has done has gone, I think, well beyond any of those things. He literally smeared 74 million people that voted for President Trump and literally said, you're not welcome in Joe Biden's America, that you can be happy and wonderful and peachy keen just like Joe Biden. But if you're a MAGA supporter, you are basically the worst of the worst and the lowest of the lowest. 
and he continued to smear and take swipes for the entire speech. It started that way, and it ended that way. I have never seen an American president literally spend a primetime address where he tells the entire country this is an important address about the future of our democracy. And the future of the democracy in America only includes people who support Joe Biden and see the world as Joe Biden does. And to me, that is incredibly offensive. I think there was something great when Joe Biden afterwards in late 2020 said, I'm going to be a president for all America, you know, for the United States of America. And he repeated that United States again tonight. But he clearly is trying to put anybody tied to President Trump and including, of course, the president himself, putting them in a box and trying to alienate alienate them, trying to divide them, trying to do whatever he can to put them in a corner so they're not going to want to support President Trump, so they don't feel like, gosh, well, I'm not welcome in America and Joe Biden's America, that I may be a bad person, so they're not going to come out and vote or come out and support President Trump. To me, it was so unbelievably offensive and so unbelievably blatantly political as we are heading to the midterm elections. And to me, there was something incredibly unseemly and nasty about this speech tonight. Again, from an American president who was literally talking again out of both sides of his mouth. You know, on one hand, he's like, I'm going to bring everybody together. And he kept talking about his view of America, like how great things were. And all I kept thinking about was inflation, border, crime. There's a lot of issues. And a lot of them he has played a role in in terms of the policies. And people that he has supported have played a role in those policies, too, as well. And yet he never condemned the rioters of the summer of 2020. But he sure said that anybody who's MAGA that they espouse violence and that they're the worst of the worst, that you're basically a leper and you might as well just move into a leper community and just stay on a cave for the rest of your life if you have ever supported Trump or ever intend to support Donald Trump. That, to me, is un-American and it was deeply offensive. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight about it all because, to me, it was so out of line and so inappropriate and just nasty. And to me, it showed a very nasty, petty side of Joe Biden. And it shows to me that clearly the Democrats are really worried where the midterm elections are going because it is whatever they want to say. They're going to throw whatever they can against the wall and see what sticks because it's all hands on deck because they want to keep control of Congress and they will do anything to try to make that happen. And tonight, to use a presidential primetime address to smear all MAGA supporters, it was worse than the basket of deplorables that Hillary Clinton said. To me, it was nastier, it was more divisive, and it was much more inappropriate because he is the president of the United States. And he wants to make us think that, guess what, like that we're all stupid, that we won't remember the summer of 2020 when they were protesting? You know, all the things that they have espoused, all the things that they have done to divide this country and to literally say, can you imagine if you voted for Joe Biden, you should basically never breathe again. You should basically sit in a corner and never do this again. Can you imagine if President Trump had ever said that or any Republican ever said that? Like, how dare they? That would have been disgusting, too. 
And that's why, to me, it was so unbelievably offensive and outrageous. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here's a little bit, because just a few seconds in, after he cleared his throat for like two minutes, after that, here is Joe Biden talking about President Trump and his supporters. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. How outrageous and disgusting is that? I can work with mainstream Republicans, but MAGAs are a threat to the republic. That, to me, is one of the most unseemly, I I think, outlandish comments I've ever heard a president say. Like, you're not basically worth supporting America. You're un-American. Is that what he's saying? If you're a MAGA supporter, you are un-American? How dare you use a primetime address, which should be a message for all of America, to use your partisan nastiness to swipe at another candidate right before the midterms. It is disgusting, it's immoral, and it is outrageous. Here's a little bit more where he basically clearly is talking about President Trump. History tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. For a long time, we told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. That's why tonight I'm asking our nation to come together, unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy, regardless of your ideology. So in other words, if you support Donald Trump or have ever supported Donald Trump because he's going to potentially be my opponent uh, coming up soon and I want to do whatever I can to smear him and diminish him, well, then guess what? Uh, You are un-American. You don't deserve to be part of this republic. And the rest of us can all work together and you're going to be moved to a leper colony. That's basically what he said. To me, that is out outrageous and the fact that he actually hit on again as you heard their political violence are you kidding me this from the president who never condemned the quote summer of love protests more than 500 across the country that created billions of dollars of damage many deaths many injuries uh no they never condemned it nor did nancy pelosi said they're going to riot and they're going to keep on rioting they're going to keep on protesting it's just peaceful protests Don't let it deceive your eyes. Remember Ali Veshi? 
I mean, that I keep thinking about that guy. That was the reporter on MSNBC, the anchor, who is standing in Minneapolis as the whole city's burning. It looked like uh, Kosovo in the background, you know. It looked like uh, Ukraine in the background right now. And guess what? It was like fire everywhere. Clearly, there was a battle zone, right? And he's like, oh, things are peaceful here tonight. Like, are you, you know, like, we can see it with our own eyes. It was not peaceful. It was destructive and deadly. And yet, when it was for their side, it's okay. But if you had anything to do with January 6th, or if you ever thought of talking to about Donald Trump or, or whispering his name, you're going to basically be in a penal society for the rest of your life. You know, we're going to send you to some deserted island and hope that you never come back. Because that's how American Biden is. And that's how much he believes in supporting and helping All Americans. That, to me, is outrageous. And then this, to me, was the worst of the worst statement that I just heard on the president's speech just a little bit ago tonight. And this, to me, just it made my blood boil. Take a listen. No matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, I made a bet on you, the American people, and that bet is paying off, proving that from darkness... The darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection. We can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward. Not only in words, but in actions. Actions for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for America. Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. Oh, yeah, because I really stand by you if you are 74 million MAGA supporters. To me, it is outrageous and shameful. It was one of the most embarrassing speeches I have ever heard a president give when he claims to use a primetime address. What he should have said was, I'm going to just do a political speech. I'm going to do it in the middle of the day, and it's part of a campaign speech, and I'm going to be more divisive and more repulsive than I have ever been. Then I would have said, yeah, he lived up to his billing. Don't tell us that this is a speech about the future of the country and it's going to be hopeful. It's hopeful because that's the way you like it. That, to me, is outrageous. one 800 848 1-800-848-9222. And I will take your calls when we come back. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. talking about President Biden's address to the nation, which was one big political smear campaign. And that's the nicest thing I can say. I've never heard a more divisive speech in my lifetime from a president. Honestly, as sitting president, billing it not as a political speech, but billing it as an address to the nation and basically saying to Trump supporters, if you support Trump, You support violence and you're un-American. From the president, Joe Biden, who has tried to divide us despite running as a unifier, and from the president, who did not condemn the rioters of the summer of 2020, where there was so much death and destruction, whose vice president said, basically, I'm going to keep supporting the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out rioters. It, It just, it was astounding to me. And in the middle of it all, too, he was talking about his policies 
talking basically about we'll get gun control. Didn't say anything about repeat offenders. Didn't say anything. By the way, did you notice he didn't say anything about supporting the police? And he didn't say anything about the border. He didn't say anything about his dismal withdrawal out of Afghanistan. He didn't say anything about how bad the economy is right now, much in part to his policies. Didn't talk about what's happening in Ukraine, how he didn't stand up to Putin to begin with. There's a long list there, guys. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank in Maine. Uh, Line 5. Frank, your thoughts about this. To me, it was outlandish. Go ahead. Rita, always a pleasure to speak to you uh, from my beautiful vacation land in Maine. You know, Rita, uh, Biden is a one-trick pony. (laughs) He seems to forget what he said in the late 70s when he eulogized uh, Senator Robert Byrd and called him a great American, when he, was, when he was the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, or when he called Latinos, uh, when, he said to, when he said about Latinos, Biden, quote, um, Latinos don't want to get vaccinated because they're afraid to go to, that will deport them back to their countries. Um, or when he said on uh, Charlemagne, the, the God, uh, broadcast when he was running, if you ain't black, if you don't vote for me. I'm sure that was uh, improv by me. But you know what? Um, Biden seems to forget, uh, the people seem to forget what Biden said and how he he loves division. It's like he loved division back in the 70s and now he continues to love division. This this great uniter crap, it's, it's, nothing, but, it's nothing but jargon, hearsay, and just full of air. It's full of hot air. It's, he, is, he is a liar beyond contempt. And I think he is a big racist going. That's yeah. all I want to say, Rita. I'll tell you, Frank, night. I was stunned. Um, thank you for your comments, Frank, because they were great. And, and you know what? I just felt it was so inappropriate for especially in the same breath as like, you're a disgusting blank, 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 blank. But I want to be friends with you. You know, yeah, that's basically what he said, you know. But you know what? I'm a uniter, you know. But if you have anything to do with my political opponent, um, you're basically scum of the earth. And to me, that was just so despicable and so inappropriate for someone who was in the Oval Office. It was disgusting. Uh, To me, it was so uh, unseemly and I think so out of character for somebody who is the president of all of the United States. He just made it clear that if you're a MAGA supporter, you're not welcome in Joe Biden's America. And that, to me, is a very, very sad place to be. If you've got a president who has said much worse than the basket of deplorables, he basically said you don't deserve to be in this country. And that, to me, is so offensive, so incredibly offensive. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts. Rita, I called you because I needed a sane voice to cancel that poisonous vitriol. Did I help? That's, Did I help? That's, yeah, absolutely. You know, every time I listened to you, I wasn't meaning to call today. And I said, holy crap, I need to listen to somebody on the other side. You know, he just canceled 70 million patriotic Americans. I may have found my 21st, 21st century American dictator. It made me sick to my stomach. I, you can call him Bidalini, Bitler, Bidam Hussein, take your pick. Uh, you know, he's doing that standing on government property and making a political speech. I'm wondering, is that even legal? Can he do that? Can he? he do you know what? Speech? You made a great point. I mean, he tried to use it, Dom, under the guise 
of it being the soul of America, of, quote, what's in the best interests of America. But you could make the case that it would be interesting. Who paid for, like, the security? Did it come out of a campaign fund? Because just like you said, boy, was that a campaign speech. It should actually be looked into. It should be like, you know what? Uh, You know, he's going to claim I did it for the good of the nation. But he clearly did it for the good of himself and the good of the Democratic Party. It was disgusting. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very sad story coming out of Detroit. And it's basically a testament to what's going on in many police departments across the country. Since the beginning of 2022, the Detroit Police Department has lost 223 sworn officers, averaging out to about 28 officers per month. With just four months in the year remaining, the number has already more than doubled those who left the department in 2021. But the officers aren't leaving the profession altogether. Instead, they are joining departments outside of Detroit for better pay, benefits, and most importantly, safer working conditions. The Detroit uh, police assistant chief said that one of the big issues we have is we're losing officers to the suburbs. We get them, we train them in the academy, and then the suburban agencies are not shy about recruiting and taking our officers. And a retired uh, Detroit police assistant chief said that some of the officers are just saying, screw it, I'll go to work in the suburbs where I don't have to deal with all that crap. Can you really blame them? Wow, what a powerful testament. And sadly, this is happening to police departments all across the America where they're having a really hard time keeping officers because the situation and the morale is so low. And that is why it is so important that we always show our appreciation and our support to back the men and women in blue on what is a really, really difficult assignment. Well, I want to play, uh, this is cut 34, uh, President Biden tonight, because President Biden gave his address to the country, and he said, oh, we're going to crack down on guns. What about saying we're going to support our police? I would have loved for him to have used his speech, his primetime address tonight. I would have loved for him to have condemned the people in his party who, to this day, still talk about defunding the police. It's outrageous. No, he's not doing that. And yet he spent his entire time smearing anybody who supports President Trump. And then he said that Trump supporters are violent. I want to hearken back to the summer of 2022, 2020, where there were protests all over this country, where cities were being burned to the ground. Many cities have never recovered. You still see empty storefronts in almost every single major city across this country. The damage of life, the damage of economy. 
uh, the damage and morale of cities. It was dispiriting, and they have not recovered. And yet, the Democrats don't even say a word about that. And that's why when I hear the president say this clip that he just said, to me, it's so outrageous. It is so disgusting. Take a listen to what he said about basically, this is after he referred to MAGA, cut 34. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency and respect for others. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, possibilities. We are still, at our core, a democracy. And yet... And yet, if you're MAGA, you are the scum of the scum. That's basically what he said, because he said that before and after he made that statement. Yeah, I I appreciate him saying there shouldn't be any political violence. I 1,000% agree. But the fact that he's never condemned... And will never point the finger at anybody. He's never condemned Black Lives Matter. Never condemned the pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. Uh, I mean, what is wrong with these people? What kind of America is he looking at and his party? To me, it was so disgustingly shameful. And I would have no problem if he said, I don't like it here and I don't like it here. He didn't do that. All he did was bash Republicans and specifically the person he's most worried about politically and that is Donald Trump and his supporters. And now here's what he said soon after that. Take a listen, because here he's lumping all 74 million Americans to say, if you like Trump, you're basically a violent scum of the earth. Take a listen. America's often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like you're hearing that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again. And we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America, an America with an unlimited future. Really? If you're a Trump supporter, you don't see them having any place in America, according to your speech that you used publicly here with a public forum. And after all of this was said, it was stunning to me that he wraps up with, oh, everything's great. Um, I'm here for all America. Listen to this hogwash finish. America is an idea, the most powerful idea in the history of the world, and it beats in the hearts of the people of this country. It beats in all our hearts. It unites America. It is the American creed. The idea that America guarantees that everyone be treated with dignity. It gives hate no safe harbor. It installs in everyone the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can't achieve. That's who we are. That's what we stand for. That's what we believe. And that's precisely what we're doing. Opening doors, creating possibilities, focusing on the future. And we're only just beginning. Yeah, we're opening doors after I spent 
20 minutes or so bashing anybody who ever believed in President Trump. To me, it was outlandish. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Richard in Brooklyn. Richard, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Rita, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate that. You're welcome. What did Um, you think, Richard? To me, it was so divisive. Well, you know, I I believe everything that you said tonight, you are like, you're not 100% correct. You're like 250% correct. And I just, I just wanted to share something with you that, that it, you have to excuse me. I don't want to get emotional. I, um, I went to visit my mother and she's buried at the Long Island National Cemetery. And she's there with my father and my brother. And when I came home, I heard them talking about how, Republicans are Nazis, and I felt so bad because I thought about my mother. My mother was a Republican. My father was a Republican. My brother was a Republican. I'm a Republican. And to call me a Nazi, a stormtrooper, I don't believe anything that this man says. I believe that he, every word that he spoke was so incendiary that he is the, 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 he is the, the, Right now, he is the main divider of this country. He he doesn't unite anyone. And I felt so bad. And my mother passed away. And she was in her, she was in her 80s. And she loved Reagan. She, you know, she, 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 she I was an independent. And she told me, change. Just, just, you know, be Republican. And I think that now is that this here should be the sign and should be the burning starting point of the Republican Party. We have to put everything in full gear right now. There is no holding back. We must hit this so hard. We must hit the streets. We must talk to donors. We must say everything because if this man has his way, what have you done for the country? You destroyed our independence. You took away our freedom. You continue to take our freedom. And we just begun? What did you begun doing? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing but dividing this country so you can go ahead and conquer and have these people put all this rhetoric and throw it down people's throats. Well, it's and very you, incendiary. You know, it's interesting, Richard, and, and I hear your emotion, too, because I think... I found it really upsetting and offensive, um, and and obviously it sounds like you have such a beautiful family, and and I hear your heart and soul. We all do, um, and I I find it I I felt like sick to my stomach too when I heard him speaking. I thought this is somebody who pretends to be the uniter in chief and pretends to be the American. And you you hit it on the head when you said that he said I'm only getting started. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Like, like this is only getting started. Boy, what, what, what worse are you going to say? And to me, it, it just was so transparent. And that's how I look at it, that, that often it's good when people are transparent, you see who they really are. You know, you can, you can tell, you know, he built this as like what the time to bring the country together by isolating and smearing 74 million people. To me, it just highlighted exactly who he is, what he is willing to do politically, and what the Democrats are willing to do. And it shows that they are very worried where the elections are going to go, that they may lose control 
of the House in November. And if they don't sort of like pull out every swipe and everything, MAGA, 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 MAGA until Election Day, they feel like they may lose this and they're willing to do anything. And that to me is really sad. And and you hit it that you got to get to the voting booth. It's why it is so important that people, however they feel in November, they get out to the voting booths. Um, but to me, I, I found it I found it really unseemly and and very hurtful and very destructive. And I think there are a lot of people that feel the same way you do tonight, Richard. Um, and uh, you're obviously a very deeply patriotic American and your mom raised you well. So it's it's great to have you here on the show, Richard. I'm so glad you called me in, called in and you got to call uh, again another time. It was beautiful to hear from you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you. Let's go to BJ in uh, line six. BJ, your thoughts. You know, Ronald Reagan had a speech called It Was Time for Choosing. This speech that Joe Biden delivered could be called A Time for Losing. This is the most despicable, disrespectful, disgraceful speech ever delivered by an American president is the equivalent of the Trail of Tears that uh, Andrew Jackson uh, delivered to the American people. Uh, This was a he's taken a southern border and turned it into an illegal alien superhighway. He's attempted to deflect from all his failures, uh, the broken economy, Afghan, Afghanistan, uh, the economies and tethers. And his purpose really is to draw Donald Trump out uh, to announce his candidacy, in my humble opinion. I've never, ever experienced this. Um, and uh, the only thing we need do now uh, is is vote. He's made it very easy for us. There's nothing in his party that works for America. Nothing. Uh, it is a failed party. A failed ideology has been taken over by Marxists. And uh, we all either have to uh, do something about it or just swallow it. I choose to do something about it and vote. Uh, and make certain I vote uh, Republican. And I'm I'm pleading with all of the people, uh, no matter what stripe of Republican they are, they need to vote Republican down the ticket and make certain and our voices are heard. That is the only way that we beat back this, this woke Marxist ideology. Yeah, no, I agree that it, he made the choice very clear for people. I agree with you, BJ, because it wasn't like, oh, this seems like a logical guy who has uh, values for all Americans. He made it very clear you're either with me or you're not an American in my world. America isn't for you under my presidency. That's basically what he said tonight. And to me, that is so offensive and so outrageous. I mean, it's like, and I've never heard, I I mean, BJ and I, I rarely say this, um, and I've covered presidents a long time. Um, You know, I was senior correspondent in Washington. I've covered many presidents. I don't recall an American sitting president where he billed it as a primetime address to the nation and it turned into one big smear, like disgusting smear campaign. I, I keep telling you, he should have mis- he mislabeled it. One of our callers who called earlier, BJ, I think hit it on the head when he said, yeah. um, who paid for this? Because yeah. it, I hope it came out of the campaign coffers. It shouldn't have come out of the American taxpayer you know, like, you know, as you know, and when you do certain things and when you do a campaign speech, technically it's supposed to come out of, you know, different funds. So this should not have been an American taxpayer funded event. This should be strictly from, you know, the Democratic National Committee sponsored by. And that's what he should have said at the beginning and the end, because 
It was one big political smear. Uh, and that's what I found so offensive. Yeah, this is hatred in prime time. Yeah. Uh, this is really bad. And I, I can only say that I've never – I've had disdain and differences with, with parties. But when you – when I've never seen an American president point the finger – uh, and and th- th- this is a witch hunt. This is uh, there was a play call, called uh, uh, The Crucible written by Arthur Miller about McCarthyism in the 50s. Uh, this is the new McCarthyism now. This is what we've been told. This is uh, uh, this is MAGAism. Uh, this is what's happening all over the country. People are being demonized throughout the culture. Uh, their uh, CRT is being taught in the schools. The girls are, are having to lose their place on these sports teams. Uh, people are being put on watch lists if they speak up at school boards. Uh, and we can go down. I mean, uh, we can go wokeism. You find wokeism in the universities. You'll find wokeism in the uh, in, in corporate America now. If you don't go to these uh, woke training sessions, you can lose your job. And I mean, it's throughout now. And, it, you know, you have to be either in a coma or asleep not to see what's going on to our, in our country. So we, we have to be, get active. We have if there's a candidate that you support that you believe in who's Republican, get out there and help do a little bit. Do a little bit. You know, this are the greatest generation sent their sons off to die in Normandy. Going and volunteering for a candidate that you believe in is not a lot to ask. Right. I've done it. I've, I've made beautiful friends. And I've in the end, you will walk away and be able to look in the mirror and say to yourself, you know what? That guy won. But I, I fought him. You know, it's it, that is the way that is the American way. That is the fair way that we put in. The, we leave it all on the playing field and we fight for what we believe in. And we not always win. We don't always win. But we learn from the loss. Right. So uh, I've never seen this in my life. It's very alarming. I haven't either. It's really um, unbelievably concerning. And just like you said, with the guys uh, being, oh, no, it's our America. And if you're if you don't agree with us, you're not part of America. And you will be I I use the phrase like uh, like a leper, like treated like, you know, like you're going to put you the if there were leper colonies still today, I think Biden would put every single MAGA there if he could. You know, and uh, to me, it was so just uh, divisive and so outrageous and so polarizing. I mean, those are the nicest things I can say, BJ, and that's astounding. But it does encourage people to get out to the voting booth um, because clearly they are fighting with everything they can. And people who do not agree with them need to get out to the polls and fight the other way. Um BJ, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about the Biden smear campaign that went on and on and on. The Rita Cosby Show. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, 
It was divisive. It was bombastic. And it came across as either you're with my party and you're with everything I believe in, but if you support Donald Trump, you don't deserve to basically be in this country. That's basically a summation of what I found one of the most stunning addresses to the nation in American history, at least in modern history, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line five. Stan, your thoughts about this. Good evening. Good evening, Stan. How are you? What do you think, Stan? An exhilarating speech. Needed to be said, took the gloves off, and going right at him. Of course, he's not sitting in no basement here, my dear. This is it. This is the beginning, and it should be the beginning. And one other, another thing, it began two days ago when a Republican lost in Alaska, who was there uh, the seat for 30 years, and Sarah Palin got beat. A Trump lackey got beat by a Democrat in a seat that was taken for 30 years by a Republican. That's the beginning. Okay, no so, one so, it. so no you're, one expected it. And Stan, by the way, that was interesting. But you know that she's only going to hold it. That that Democrat is literally holding that seat for like, what is it, like a, a month and a half or two months? Because there's a whole new election. It was just a special election for that seat. They literally have to go head to head. They're literally going to be competing again uh, for November 8th. So that Democrat may only be there very briefly. But it wasn't interesting. I'll give you that. It was interesting. And it was a neck and neck race. Um, but we'll see what happens in November. But let me ask you, why did you find it exhilarating? Don't you find it's hypocritical for the president? I will say when he came in and, and Stan, after he became the president, he said, I will be the uniter in chief. I'll be the president for all Americans. It sounded really positive and really hopeful. And that's what the president should be. That certainly wasn't the tone we heard tonight. I wouldn't use exhilarating, but but don't you think it's a, like hypocritical? You know, I mean, it's like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Stupid, Rita. Let you want to talk about, yes, he said that. Absolutely. And what did Trump and the Republicans do? They tried to stop the voting in the House, to, to throw at the situation, to take away the, the, the possibility and make him the president of the United States. Do you, want to sh- do you want me to sit down with people who don't believe in our system and shake hands when they don't believe it and still don't well, believe it? No, want- hang on, hang Rita, on, Stan. Rita, you can deliver Stan, your, you can let, me, let me just ask you, Stan, hang you on, hang on. Stan, would, ahead, you, would you shake hands with Hillary Clinton? Yes. Okay, well, then you shouldn't based on your standard because she feels the election was stolen from her. Would you shake hands with Stacey Abrams? Around, Rita. No. Let me explain. You just said, well, hang just on, Stan. Stan, Stan, you are trying to have it both ways because Hillary Clinton said that she felt the election was illegitimate and it was stolen from her. Stacey Abrams still hasn't admitted that she lost the first time around as governor. You know, when she is running, she's running again, but she still claims that the first time around it was stolen from her. So my point is, he is... You know, it's it's like you're only seeing tunnel vision. You are Just not admitting up. that they also there. And what about the 2020 riots? He yeah. never he said the the protesting all belongs. The violence all belongs to the Republicans. Rita, Stan, you know, that's hogwash. Rita, Rita, Donald Trump and the Republicans to this very day. Any other president has known that they they lost the election. He will never admit it. He believes it. And the people he tells the same believe the same lies. 
am I supposed to shake hands with a rat like that? Not in this lifetime. Wow, Stan, you got a lot of fire tonight. You got a lot of fire, but it seems like the Democrats are calling the, you know, the kettle black. What are you looking at? Look in the mirror. Come on, you guys. What about Hillary? What about Stacey Abrams? There's a lot of there there. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Blockbuster later on in the hour in just about 15 minutes or so from now here on the Rita Cosby Show. John Solomon is going to be joining us with an exclusive report uh, that he is breaking tonight, which basically could make the subpoenas that were given to Republicans by the January 6th committee basically invalid. It's a really interesting discovery that could actually make many of them thrown out in court, thereby anything that was said thrown out in court. It opens the door to a whole bunch of stuff. And this comes as the January 6th commission is planning a new series of hearings taking place in September. So in just the next few weeks, they will definitely start doing new hearings And this may have an enormous impact. You don't want to miss this report. John Solomon's going to be joining us in just about 15 minutes. Also to talk about the hearing that took place today in Florida as to whether or not a neutral arbitrator, a, quote, special master, uh, will be appointed in the review of documents that were taken by the FBI during their raid of Mar-a-Lago. He's going to give us a read as to where he thinks that case is going. The judge, I thought, seemed inclined to want to have a special master, a neutral arbiter assigned. And it keeps making me wonder, why is the DOJ fighting so hard against this? What do they got to hide? If there's nothing that they've done inappropriate, if everything's been above board, bring in an independent party. It would help to basically solidify what they have done. But they are fighting tooth and nail, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, definitely stay tuned, everybody, because this report by John Solomon is a blockbuster on the January 6th subpoenas. Meantime, we're also still talking about this stunning speech that I'm still trying to get my uh, jaw from uh, coming back because it dropped when I was watching the speech. I'm telling you, it was stunning. It was 20 minutes plus of MAGA, MAGA, MAGA's terrible And if you're with MAGA, you don't deserve to basically be in America. But the beginning of the speech, like almost every Joe Biden speech of late, was a little fumbly, bumbly and awkward. And this one, it was so weird. He comes out to the podium and he spent the first like it was like minute clearing his throat. Take a listen to this. This was the beginning of a primetime address to the country. Take a listen. My fellow Americans. Please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world more than two centuries ago with an idea unique among nations. It was painful. And I remember watching thinking, does he think he's on a rehearsal? 
as opposed to the real deal? Does he realize he called the entire country to tune into this speech? And then once he cleared his throat, the rest of the time he's been bashing anybody who is supportive of Make America Great Again. And boy, he vilified anybody who supported President Trump or President Trump's policies. Take a listen. Here's a little bit more of what he had to say. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I know better. I know what America is. And what America isn't is MAGA. I mean, to me, that it was it's worse than anything I think I've ever heard an American president say in terms of division. Uh, You know, you think back. Remember how vilified also like Mitt Romney got when he said, you know, the 47 percent. Remember when he made that comment? And I think it was a campaign event and he got vilified for it. And people thought that maybe that was part of the reason he lost the election at that time. And then let's think about Hillary Clinton, the basket of deplorables. You know, I mean, this is worse. This is like you're not even deserving to be in this country if you don't see the way that Joe Biden sees. Uh, Do you agree with the Joe Biden America of inflation, open borders, high crime, vilifying police officers and leaving Americans stranded in Afghanistan? Welcome to Joe Biden's America. And if you don't agree with it, you get out. I mean, it was shameful. Again, he is supposed to be the president of the United States. Uh, Let's go to Rob on line eight. Rob, your thoughts about all this. Yes. Hello. Is is it me? Yep, it is you, Rob. Sorry. Go ahead, Rob. I would I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about this this um, recent uh, known as uh, mass psychosis, mass formation psychosis. And explain what you mean real quick, Rob, because we don't have a long well, time. Go on, ahead. I was on Tucker last night, and there's some doctors. There's a doctor, uh, Matthias Desmet. What are you talking about? Though? Wait, 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 Rob, you're rambling. What are you talking about? You're talking about Biden, the way Sorry. he's talking, or what are you talking about? Sorry. No, I'm talking about the madness that seems to be going on right now that nobody can seem to quite understand how, how huge percentages of the society seem to be in lockstep with crazy ideas like – you know, uh, teaching gender matters to children of five and six years of age. And, you know, so normal people sit around and say, and, you know, they, they, they think about their own neighbors and people who they know who are, who are in lockstep with this. And you wonder if these are the same people that you grew up with or you went to school with. It's like half of the society believes in madness, essentially. And then it's being pointed out by these doctors. It's been given a name, mass formation psychosis everybody should google it please and check out what these doctors are talking about that's it and by the way rob hang on you know that by the way thank you because that is really interesting that there's a name for it by the way there was also tonight in the speech by biden 
I found it stunning when at one point he made a reference to culture wars as if it's the Republicans fighting the culture wars and not the Democrats trying to change the culture like you're talking about, you know, the gender transition and the CRT, like as if the Democrats aren't creating an issue that the Democrats are trying to uphold values. He made it sound like it is strictly the Republicans fighting some war of cultures and how dare they. It's like, take it or else. Um, So, wow, really fascinating. Rob, thank you very, very much. Let's go to J.C. in Pennsylvania on line four. J.C., your thoughts. The speech was a, uh, a study in dichotomy and ambiguosity, okay? So make a, uh, MAGA, make America great again, okay? Biden is the uh, leader of MAWA, make America worse again. So it, it's very, very disheartening that none of these people, are, first of all, the soul of the nation. We're talking about people who have no souls. Anybody... Any good person with, with, with any kind of level of intelligence would know that all of these people have no, no clue and they have no care of any of the American people or anybody. They're only interested in themselves and their agenda. They don't do anything right or anything good, anything to help anybody. So I, I, I would like somebody to make a study, and I would, I would bet, I would bet my, whatever – on the fact that I, I believe that in the time that Joe Biden was the president, there are probably more Americans that were killed or dead with civil crimes and, you know, from the border, from the cities, from the riots. I would imagine more Americans are dead than from in any time period, any other pre- president. Well, and by, the, and by the way, J.C., I can tell you, at least from the perspective of the border, that sadly, more migrants, you know, he says that he's the more humane president, yet more migrants have died under his tenure. And that is because uh, more are crossing. So many more are crossing. And, you know, it's a difficult route, a long, long walk, even though Corinne Jean-Pierre says they don't walk, but they do walk. They walk and they swim and they come across. And many more of them are dying because, you know, of the difficult conditions on the way to get to the American border. So uh, to me, it's outrageous. Um, Just as you said, the numbers are just stunning. And you're right. People should go back at them and say, how dare you? Um, And let's just talk about even the riots of 2020. How many people died during the riots of 2020? Let's call it like it is. They were not like the summer of love. I always say that facetiously. Uh, But I, you know, to me, it is so outrageous that it's like they want to, like, block out that. They want to block out uh, the whole defund the police. Uh, they are, like, like living in an unbelievable alternate universe, and it is shameful. And the smearing and the, you know, isolated, everything is January 6th, and yet he has never condemned any of the violence that his party has done and continues to say when they say defund the police. What kind of message does that send? When you continue, many people in his party saying defund the police, and he never condemns them. It is disgusting. Um, I'm with you, JC. Let's go to Norm, line three. Norm, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, um, President Biden's speech tonight was Hitlerian. It was a call to arms to eradicate a political opponent. 
and the Republicans in the Senate and Congress should strongly condemn it. And any Democrat or Republican who supported it should be ashamed of themselves and are on the wrong side of history. Beliefs and speeches like this end in concentration camps. No, you, you know what story. you bring. You bring up. You're right because the way he was so like I, I use the I use the phrase of a leper. You know because it was like he wants to literally isolate an entire population. And if you ever had any support or any inclination to support Trump, and again, that's a huge amount of Americans. That's half of Americans. He basically said, "You're not wanted if he's the president, Joe Biden." And to me, that is. It is disgusting. Like you just said, it, it was it was outlandish. Um, and I found it deeply offensive too, Norm. Thank you very much. Um, let's go to let's go to Chris on line one. Chris, your thoughts about this. Hey Rita. Um I'd like to say this. Uh, I don't know if you heard Bo Deal recently on with Sid in the morning, and he kind of speaking for what I think is a growing silent majority. People that voted for Trump, supported his policies, but are getting to the point where we see Governor DeSantis down in Florida. He's a guy that's doing his job every day. He's done a successful job down in Florida. Okay, he kept it safe through COVID. And he should, we should be pointing to him as the future. We're so tired. And I voted for Trump, so don't get me wrong here. I voted for Trump. But we are sick and tired of, and I have liberal friends, of all they do is talk about Trump like that's an issue. I don't care. I care about inflation. I care about crime in the city. I commute into Manhattan every morning. Okay, that's what I care about. Those but, are but, but Joe Biden wants you to be vilified if you ever bring up the word Trump. You know, I, I there's two sides to what you're saying. One is I hear what you're saying because um, if people in their daily lives are thinking of inflation. They're thinking of crime. There's so many issues going on right now. And I think whoever people vote for, that's certainly their choice. Um what I did not like about this was it's not Joe Biden's decision to tell you who to vote for. And quite frankly, even though he is saying Trump, um, you could make the, the case that, you know, DeSantis is also a make America great again guy. You know, Trump basically helped elevate him and he has very much kept alive the make America great again policy. So so he's you know, it's not like. Yes, he's putting Trump as clearly the leader of it because he feels that Trump is the biggest threat to him. But he's smearing anything that's associated with MAGA. And that includes anyone else who's ever supported those ideas. And, and certainly DeSantis has, Chris. I, it's not Biden's decision to tell you. It's not a Democrat's decision or, or anybody's decision. I don't care who it is to tell you who deserves to be an American and who deserves to get your vote and who doesn't. Like that, that to me is an outrageous, don't you think? That that concept, no, I hear what you're saying, Chris, but that's where I'm going. Right. I just want to be perfectly clear. I detest, absolutely detest the progressives and Joe Biden and liberals more than anything, more than anything. All I want is to focus in on the things that are important to me and people that voted for Trump, which is crime and inflation. Trust me, they're by far. I talked to all my friends who voted for Trump. And we're just like, listen, we're tired of all this. And I'm not blaming Trump for this because they do it. But as long as you let the Democrats put Trump as a campaign issue, as long as Trump's there, let's face it, 82 million people didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Trump. Trump had the unique ability to bring out 152 million voters. He got 75 million and Biden got 82, whether they were legit or not. But my point is this, is that 
we are tired. And Bo Dietl said it best, and he said disagreed with them, but I'm with Bo Dietl. We appreciate what Trump did for four years. We totally get it. But we're tired of the Democrats constantly using him. We need him to really, for the best of the country and the Republican Party, step aside and let someone else come up in 24. He's not going to do it. But that is causing a lot of resentment for people like me who voted for him. I'm just letting you know there's a growing. And, but but you know what, Chris? That's exactly what they want you to feel. You know, that's also part of it. And that's part of the reason he keeps going after Trump, because he's hoping that people will say, oh, gosh, you know, we can't focus on the issues that he's becoming too much of a distraction. And, and again, it's obviously totally up to you, whoever you vote for. I'm not telling you who to vote for. But what I'm saying is that you are then playing into their game because their game is to make Trump the central issue. Um, and so so you kind of go, God, it's Trump, 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 Trump. Just like just what Biden basically Biden basically said, I'm going to be a unifier. I'm going to bring the whole country together. That's why you want to vote for me. In other words, you see all these riots that are going on the street and all the chaos and all these other things. I had friends, by the way, I had a number of friends who said to me who are Republican, um, who probably feel very similar as you do, who said to me, you know, I voted for Biden just because I wanted calm in the country. I, I didn't want division in the country. And I'll tell you, I got two messages from them tonight saying, disgusting, I'm embarrassed I voted for Biden. You know, it's like they feel like they got sold a bill of goods. And that's they sort of feel like he's using that so he knows people like you will get fed up. And guess what? You know what? If, if your choice is DeSantis, then after he's done with smearing Trump, he's going to smear DeSantis next. So get ready for that. Um, but I hear what you're saying, Chris. Um, I, I definitely hear, and, and I have friends who feel the same way you do. Um, when we continue, everybody, we are going to be talking to John Solomon, who has a blockbuster report, an exclusive report that could turn the January 6th commission on its heels. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A stunning report coming from our next guest, which could potentially throw out the subpoenas by the January 6th committee, which plans again to do more hearings starting later in about a week or two. Uh, So could everything that they have done in terms of subpoenas be thrown out? Well, joining us now is John Solomon, uh, the great investigative journalist and one of the leaders there at Just the News. Um, John, fill us in, because this is a blockbuster, potentially. Yeah, listen, Doug Mastriana is running for uh, the uh, governor's race in Pennsylvania. He's also a witness in the January 6th commission, because as a state senator in Pennsylvania, he investigated some of the alleged irregularities in that state's 2020 election. So the January 6th committee has been trying to compel him to testify. They have a subpoena. They've been trying to negotiate a deal. Neither side could make a deal. And so today, Doug Mastriani drops a significant lawsuit in federal court in Washington, D.C., saying, hey, the January 6th committee, it didn't follow the rules it must follow in order to enforce or compel a subpoena. What does that mean? Well, it turns out that when Nancy Pelosi took back the House in 2019, they had a rule, which was that subpoenas were only valid and could only be enforced if there was a ranking member on the committee. A ranking member is the top uh, member of the opposition party that doesn't control Congress. In the January 6th commission, Nancy Pelosi turned down 
Kevin McCarthy's request for a ranking member, and so Kevin McCarthy never appointed one. Liz Cheney joined, but she's not a ranking member. She's what is known as what is a vice chairwoman. The lack of a ranking member, according to this lawsuit, violates the House rules. It prevents the committee, according to the lawsuit, from enforcing the subpoena. And then there's a little twist to it. Uh, they provided some evidence, Mr. Mastriani, through his lawyers, provided some evidence that the signature on his subpoena is not valid either, that it's not Benny Thompson's real signature. It is some form of an auto pen generated by uh, his staff. And so this lawsuit uh, comes out of nowhere. It's uh, two months from the election. Mastriani's running for the governor's race. And now the federal courts in D.C. are going to be asked to weigh in and referee wow. this dispute. And it's interesting for one reason. Oh, wait, in do, Washington, me, do, me, do, do me a favor, John, yeah. if you could. Hang with us. We're going to go to a break, and I want to have you talk about more of this blockbuster decision potentially after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a very powerful story coming from Pueblo, Colorado, where five local veterans will be recognized as recipients of Pueblo Latino Veterans Profiles and Courage Awards during their annual ceremony. It takes place in October. Since 2015, the group has recognized veterans of Hispanic descent with ties to the county at an annual ceremony during National Hispanic Heritage Month. Nominated typically by family, friends, community members, these esteemed honorees have served our nation typically during times of combat. One of the such honorees is Frank Ortega, who served as a U.S. Marine Corps rifleman from 1988 to 1992. He received a Good Conduct Medal, Humanitarian Service Medal, Marine Expeditionary Medal, Meritorious Mast and National Defense Service Medal. And after his great military service, he became a police officer with the Pueblo Police Department. So how beautiful to see that he and several others are being honored with this great, great award. Well, we are talking, of course, uh, with John Solomon. I want to continue now with great John Solomon and his breaking news about the fact that some of these, if not all, of these subpoenas that were issued by the January 6th committee may turn out to be invalid. Isn't that a stunner? And what does that mean to the case? Uh, John, sorry, I had to interrupt you because we had a hard break before, but you were talking about the D.C. court, and I want to have you pick it up. I'm so sorry. No, it's great. Listen, this lawsuit draws on some history in the Washington federal court system. Back in 1978, there was a case in which Congress is trying to enforce a subpoena against Exxon, the oil company. And in that case, which is the prevailing rule right now for the district, it said that in order for a congressional subpoena to be enforced, the committee had to comply by the rules that you know, gave it its investigative power. So this lawsuit, this challenge, has a direct you know, history in the courts where they're drawing on some past legislative and uh, court history. So it can be very interesting to watch how it goes. So given that... Um, and you explained before, too, that that Liz Cheney doesn't count because the first reaction, of course, oh, we have a Republican, even though I consider her more Democrat than the Democrats on that committee. Um, but based on that and, and the fact that you said it's an electronic and technically it's supposed to be a personal signature from Benny Thompson. Right. 
And then the other issue is, as you point out, um, there's no ranking member. Now, remember, Kevin McCarthy said, oh, this is not a fair hearing. Could they say, well, we gave him the opportunity, but. Yeah, the, the but is a big thing, right? Um, but I, I, the rules don't say, well, if the Republicans turn it down, then the ranking member rule goes away. The rule is still on the books, and it would have been incumbent, at least according to this lawsuit, for Democrats to change the rules if they wanted to make that happen. So this is going to wind its way through the course, but it's the latest in a bunch of bumpy mishaps for this committee. I, we'll take people back through a little history troll here. If you remember earlier in the summer, the committee accused a Republican lawmaker of leading an expedition, leading a reconnaissance mission for the January 6th protesters the day before. Congressman Laudermick was accused of this. Capitol Police came back, looked at all the security footage, said, not true. This summer, we had the star witness, right? Cassidy Hutchinson said, hey, uh, the president, President Trump, grabbed the wheel from the Secret Service and tried to commandeer the presidential limousine, take it to the Capitol on January 6th. Secret Service came back and said, nope, that didn't happen. And, of course, early on in the investigation, they accused Bernie Carrick, the former NYPD commissioner, of attending a meeting on January 5th in Washington, D.C., to plot and how they were going to stop Congress from certifying the vote. The only problem was Bernie Carrick wasn't in Washington, D.C. His toll records, his phone records show he was in New York. So this committee's made a bunch of mistakes. This latest one could be the most consequential if uh, Mastriani is right about, about the uh, rules. Now, how come he found this? Um, and again, as you point out, he, you know, he was one of the people who's been called out among many others. But how come he discovered this? And what about all the other people that have been subpoenaed? What does it mean to the past subpoenas? Well, it's interesting. We've written that just the news about this rule and have wondered about it and talked to a lot of people about it. Some lawyers were very concerned about it. Others weren't. This is the first uh, witness to take this to court and actually use it as a legal argument. Uh, if, if, if he prevails, if Mastriani prevails, there is a significant repercussions downstream. Remember, it was a subpoena that Steve Bannon was accused and later convicted of defying when he wouldn't give uh, testimony to the committee. He's been convicted of criminal contempt of court. If these subpoenas are all invalidated, that could call his his case and his conviction into question. And, of course, Peter Navarro, another Trump aide, he's currently awaiting trial. I think it's only a month or so away uh, on a similar charge of contempt of Congress, criminal contempt of Congress. Again, if the subpoena isn't enforceable, those two cases could easily be called into question. The other thing I thought about also, John Solomon, is what about also the people, many of the people who testified, only testified because they were subpoenaed. They weren't voluntary. So what does it mean to their testimony also in the January 6th? It's a great question. Uh, We'd be in uncharted territory. I doubt we could invalidate it because it was given. It was given under oath. Uh, But it would add to the long-term historical perception of this committee that it hasn't been fair, hasn't played by the rules, has been one-sided, hasn't allowed an adversarial challenging of the evidence, and in some cases has been just flat-out wrong on the facts. Congressman Laudermick wrongly accused, Bernie Carrick wrongly accused. Um, It's a pretty remarkable history that this committee – I've covered a lot of big congressional committees – this one has had one of the most difficult times with getting things accurate. And uh, this could, if the, if the subpoena challenge prevails, it will be one of its lasting legacies of this committee. And it won't be a proud history. Yeah, and listen, it could give grounds to those people who were subpoenaed to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, this wasn't, I wasn't brought in under the appropriate circumstances. They could make the case. I mean, you could almost see this becoming almost a Supreme Court case, John, where um, it goes to them, are they valid subpoenas? 
And you can almost see the Supreme Court saying maybe no, it isn't. If they didn't follow what the letter of the law was and what the precedent, like you talked about in the Exxon case, um, it actually could open a Pandora's box. Yeah, and listen, there's a sand clock running. The Democrats know it. They're in danger of losing control of the House in this midterm election. If that were to happen and Republicans got in control, the January 6th committee could get flipped on its head next year. And you could see a remarkable turnaround of the committee, maybe focused on what did Nancy Pelosi know? When did she know it about the security concerns? Why didn't she take the National Guard? So the Democrats have a very short time to try to execute their strategy and get the most politically out of this committee. And this lawsuit could throw a wrench in that. This could tie it up in the courts for a while on one witness that they're very interested in interviewing, not only because of his role in investigating elections, but he's also the Republican nominee for one of the most prized governorships in America, the Pennsylvania governorship. Yeah, really interesting. And maybe it opens the door to others contesting it, too, as well. Um, Before I let you go, John Solomon, uh, give us a recap. I want to play a little bit. This is uh, First Congressman Michael Waltz earlier in the day. Um, And this is before the judge's hearing on the raid. And this is regarding the special master. Of course, Trump wants his independent arbiter. And here is uh, Congressman Waltz kind of commenting on where he hopes things go with the judge. Well, I certainly hope the judge errs towards transparency. You have 70 million Americans that have a lot of questions about the timing of this raid, the necessity of this aggressive action. Uh, the, you know, so many of us, myself included, are asking what changed between the back and forth process in June to then August to then have to take this action. Did they have some type of ed- evidence that President Trump was going to hand these documents to some foreign entity? I highly seriously doubt that. Um, so what was that catalytic moment? Uh, and, and I think the judge should err towards restoring confidence in our federal law enforcement, restoring confidence in the Department of Justice uh, and, and, and really quelling uh, you know, what I'm hearing and that so many people are so outraged and so alarmed. And John Solomon, uh, the judge, Eileen Cannon there in Florida today, uh, she didn't rule on it, but she seems inclined. It still seems to have a special master near DOJ is fighting the tooth and nail. Yeah, very interesting dynamic to see the Justice Department fight an effort at transparency, at fairness, at bringing in an independent referee to kind of restore some of the confidence that has been shaken by this raid. Judge left the hearing today saying, I'm going to do a written ruling, but I'm still kind of inclined to give that special master, give President Trump the benefit of the doubt. Let's go through these records, see if there was an overcollection, if you properly separated privilege or you're cheating. Uh, I think we're going to see that. And, you know, that's what that means. It's going to be just like what we were talking about in the Mastriani case. This uh, investigation is going to slow down a little bit until these issues are resolved. Yeah, really fascinating. And just like you said, I think that that's the case, too. Like she's going to try to put it on halt. Let's have a thorough review. Let's have a fair review. And again, this all bleeds, you know, potentially, as we're both talking on both of these issues, uh, past the midterms, um, which is really fascinating, the timing of it all. John Solomon, thank you very much. Really great to have you here. And and what a big scoop. That's really interesting. Keep us posted. We always love having you here on the show, John. You bet, Rita. Have a great rest of the night. Thank you very much, John Solomon. What an interesting case, especially as he was talking about with the subpoenas. Can you imagine if it turns out? that they were wrongly executed, that there was an issue with it, then somebody could say, well, I'm not going to reply to that subpoena. I don't need to. It's not done appropriately. And then you kind of keep fighting it and fighting it in the courts. It could go on for a long, 
long time. And maybe it could be retroactive to look at some of the other ones, too, uh, potentially. Wow, that could be really explosive. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we are talking, of course, about all of this in the backdrop of President uh, Biden's, I think, incredibly divisive anti-MAGA speech tonight. Uh, I said to you earlier, I found it repulsive. And the polls have shown just in general that people are really disappointed with this president. So he's trying to put a little bit of fire to galvanize his base. But what he is doing is in the process, I believe, firmly smearing anybody who has ever considered supporting President Trump or his policies in any shape or form. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jay on line three. Jay, your thoughts about all this? Well, I think it's time for the Magnet people and the Trump supporters uh, and anyone else who cares to join to get the motto, no justice, no peace, and to do things peacefully. But it's really time to pick a couple of athletes, uh, a couple of movie stars, a couple of politicians and peacefully do it more peacefully than what was done to our Supreme Court members, that hostile group that was around them, uh, but to show them that you're not going to be able to just go in and out your neighborhood without seeing 10,000, 25,000 people show up to these Trump rallies. These people have to start showing up and giving it back to these leftist individuals to show them you don't like you want to do what you want to do. But now we're going to show you what you've done. To our people, we're going to give you a taste of it. And you mean and, you mean in peaceful protest, correct? Oh, you know, yes, absolutely. You know, you know what I think? You, should, wanna... you know what's an interesting? I'm going to give you a, 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 what should be on your sign. It's our America, too. That's what, Wait, that's mean, what it should be. It's Biden my America, tonight. too. I'm patriotic. Why wasn't Biden tonight met with 25, the people that normally go to a Trump rally, why didn't they just show up peacefully and make sure that while he's speaking, they keep protesting in the background? You know darn well Trump would have never been able to get away with standing there downtown there without having a near riot around him. Yeah, no, you're right. And in fact, by the way, uh, Jay, I do want to play. This is a uh, cut 44. He did have a couple hecklers who were shouting, let's go, Brandon. But, you know, they're much more of a control type of setting. And if you looked at the audience, he didn't really have it looked like it was big. But then at one point they cut to the audience and I'm like, wait, are there only like 50 people in the audience. Like it really wasn't a big crowd. It just sort of looked like a big crowd. But um, here's a little bit of a heckler, just minor to your point. Take a listen. look. Our democracy isn't perfect. It always has been. Notwithstanding those folks you hear on the other side there. They're entitled to be outrageous. This is a democracy. But history and common sense. Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. But history and common sense tell us that opportunity, liberty, and justice for all are most likely to come to pass in a democracy. Yeah, but his democracy, that was like the worst of it, Jay. And it sounded like they were shouting, like, let's go, Brandon, or something like that in the background. But you're right. Can you imagine there would, if this had happened, there would have been like, you know, uh, Biden plants in the audience. But Trump has a much bigger audience. I mean, it sounded pretty big there, but when they cut to the shot, it wasn't that crowded in there, Jay. 25,000 Magna people showed up peacefully and just took a deep breath and then exhale, blew it out. They'd blow Biden right over with just the wind from their breath. 
Yeah, no question. Well, that's the issue that people, the the Trump people have to get out and vote and make their voices heard at rallies, just as you said, and protest, peaceful protests. uh, And also to say, this is not the way to smear um, Americans who care about this country. I mean, to me, it was it was so unbelievably offensive. And I think that this could backfire to your point, Jay, because there could be a lot of people that get galvanized like yourself and others after hearing this speech. And you would have every right to because it was I just thought it was just horrible. Uh, Jay, thank you very much. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Ruth. Thanks, Dave McCall. Uh, I just think even, you know, I was listening to um, uh, John, Sol- John Solomon speaking and about even if this whole committee is discredited, Due to the irregularity or the inappropriate subpoena, uh, apply, you know, issuing subpoenas. This this whole stint was all always to be a publicity, political, hatchet job to just continue to undermine, destroy Trump's character. And I was, I'm so glad when that caller called up saying we should start thinking about DeSantis because he's getting tired of all the media attention about Trump. That's exactly what. The news media, the Democratic Party wants. Yeah, and that's exactly what Biden wants, too. He wants to try to minimize, you know, Trump anyway or smear anybody associated. So you kind of say, well, forget it. I'm going to go with somebody else just to not deal with this. Right. And I think one of the things I love about Trump is that he calls out the media for what they are. He challenges them. And when you look at George Bush was just the opposite. He thought it was beneath the presidency of dishonor the you know the dignity of the presidency so he never fought back and what did that get him he turned into political pride not only to his not only to the democrats but also his own political party here's a duly elected president not invited to four uh presidential republican national conventions and so that's why people love trump He's a fighter. He'll stand up and defend you and and uh, guess what dave too president. and dave the other thing too is if if Trump were not still such a major threat politically to President Biden and to the Democratic Party, they wouldn't be talking about him all the time. I mean, to me, it just reinforces why he is still so incredibly popular. They see his rallies like we just talked about, how many people show up there. They see how packed it is. They see the energy that he has. And they see, just like you said, that he's willing to take the fight to them. And that's a huge threat to the Democrats because they don't want anybody fighting their crazy policies. And a lot of their policies are crazy, you know, and and Biden wants us to say, oh, yeah, we want to do this at schools or we want to do this with, you know, with inflations. Uh, No problem with Afghanistan, no problem with the economy, no problem with crime. And if you disagree or you fight back um, or you have a backbone, we don't like you, basically. I mean, that's almost what he said tonight. And. He the fact that he continues to talk about Trump shows how worried he is about Trump and should embolden Trump voters even more to get out to the polls and get more people to the polls, because it was just disgusting what he said. I thought it was so horrible. And I would hate to see it no matter what side of the political aisle to see a president of the United States belittling and smearing an opponent for such an obvious political gain was shameful. But it shows he is worried. He is very worried about Trump, and that is the only thing he's super worried about. And he should be, because Trump supporters are still incredibly loyal to him and to MAGA. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
all of you. I am so proud to be a part of the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run in New York City again this year. It's on Sunday, September 25th, and I need your help. So please join my team to support the great Tunnels to Towers Foundation. It is such an extraordinary organization that does so much to help our heroes. Here's what you do. You go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline, and donate to my team. All the proceeds go to Tunnels to Towers, to their 5K walk run, and we are trying to raise the most money possible for this great, great organization. Thank you so much for your support, because together we can support our heroes with one of the largest 5K walk runs in the nation Again, go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate today and make a difference to honor some of our great American heroes. The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Mike on line one. Mike, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Mike. Rita, you had a guy who called before. He said he agreed with Bull Beetle that Trump should step out of the way and not run for president again. Well, those, those two guys are dead wrong. And about this uh, speech that Biden gave, Democrat Biden gave tonight, it was nothing but a pure hate speech. Because the only thing that these Democrats know is hate. Hate for protecting our borders. Hate for protecting our youth from fentanyl. Hate for protecting our buildings and property from people who want to destroy them because they're rampaging and protesting something. Hate for honest, good, patriotic Americans who on January 6th protested at the Capitol building. That's the kind of hate these Democrats preach. And that's their president. It's not my president. And Donald Trump, if any of the surrogates are hearing, take off the gloves. Just take them off. Go after Hunter. Go after Joe Biden because it's because of Joe Biden we got President Biden. Because I want to tell you something about Joe Biden. If we really think about Joe Biden, she knows that she knew that Joe Biden had a mental issue, but she convinced him to run for president, to keep going, get in the White House so she could live her dream and become the first lady by all means necessary. And I think the only reason why she did it, she'd rather become first lady by all means necessary, knowing that it could put her husband's health in, uh, in jeopardy. Maybe Joe Biden was cheating on her all throughout the marriage. Because look at look at Hunter. Well, I mean, Hunter you're, wasn't you're like connect, with Mike, the, hang on, because you're connecting a lot of dots. But 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 let me get to your passion part because I hear your anger and I hear your passion. Um, and I felt angry tonight too when I heard him speak. And what Chris was saying was that he feels that you know the Democrats are spending so much time talking about Trump, and the Republicans are spending so much time defending Trump that it's taking away from issues like crime and inflation and all those things. I said to him, as you heard, I said, you know, that's what the Democrats want them to do um, because they continue Trump a threat. Don't you believe, Mike, that all of this, the whole reason that they keep everything is anti-MAGA, anti-MAGA. I thought it was disgusting tonight the way the president spoke. It's because they still feel Trump is a huge threat. Real quick. Well, President, President uh, Biden is a hate monger, right? Well, he certainly expressed a lot of anger and a lot of hate tonight, and I think a lot of people are angry at this so-called unity speech. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.